Rethinking the Bible with Jack Pelham, Episode 2, about Jack Pelham. Welcome to Rethinking the Bible with Jack Pelham, where we apply reality-based thinking to the task of interpreting the Bible. Reality-based thinking is a method of thinking that seeks to make constant use of honesty, rationality, and responsibility in seeking out the reality of things. And in case you're wondering, we define reality as the state of things as they actually exist, as opposed to one's perceptions, beliefs, wishes, or attitudes about them. When I listen to a podcast, I like to know about the author. So it makes good sense to me to create this short segment here at the beginning of this series in order to tell everybody about myself so that you can know where I'm coming from. It's difficult to know how much to share, whether this should be short or long, though shorter sure sounds more appropriate. Ultimately, I want to tell you the general story of how I came to think as I do, but that would take a very long time. So I've decided that in this episode, I'll give you just the bullet points of what I've been doing the last 20 years or so, and then I'll try to include bits and pieces of these life stories into the podcast episodes as we go. So I hope you'll pardon the bullet list approach to this current episode. You'll see what I mean in another minute or two. But I think it'll give you a sufficient introduction to understand what are my interests and concerns. So here we go. I'm 55 years old, and I've been a thinker all my life. In more recent years, I discovered that my thinking wasn't as good as I thought it was. So I've been working to get better at it, and I think I'm making progress. I'll touch again on this later. I live near Billings, Montana with my wife and son, whom you will meet in Episode 3. Kay homeschools our son James, who is 16, and she also has a master's degree in piano pedagogy and teaches piano lessons. She's a lifelong Bible student and has also deeply studied the educational philosophy of Charlotte Mason. Meanwhile, James is big into math and computer programming, and has been such a rich addition to our family so far for these 16 years that we're thinking about keeping him. I'm excited that you'll get the opportunity to meet them very soon. So from here, I'll just hammer out some bullet points about what I've been doing so far in life. I was born in 1965 in Tallahassee, Florida. Since then, I've lived in California, Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio, and Montana, where I now reside near the city of Billings. I have a Bachelor of Arts in Music from the Florida State University, with voice as my principal instrument, though I play a few other instruments somewhat, and I had a heavy emphasis in choral conducting, which I love to this day. In addition to my seasonal day job work, which I'll tell you about later, I currently run my own school on Mondays, teaching several classes for homeschoolers. Those classes are mostly things that are hard to do well at home. For example, we have a beginning band and a chorus. Also, I've been teaching public speaking, general music for ages 6 to 10, etiquette, a skits workshop, and reality-based thinking. And I'm very interested in teaching writing and the U.S. Constitution in the near future. I've studied the Bible for several decades, and I've been doing heavy research, as time allows, on several major Bible themes, about which I hope to start publishing sometime soon. I've been a member of multiple congregations across three different Christian denominations. I've worked these various jobs in my life, in no particular order, school bus washer, mailroom clerk, 
law clerk, piano tuner, music store sales, campus ministry intern, substitute choral teacher, craftmatic adjustable bed salesman, inventory auditor, various state office clerk positions, pest control technician, call room representative, birthday party clown and magician, voice teacher, Radio Shack sales associate, department store sales associate, dollar store manager, Steinway piano salesman, handyman, website project manager, mobile app project manager, and entrepreneur. I currently support myself as a paintless dent repair technician and have since 2006. I fix hail damage on cars. It's weather-related work, and it pays well if you can get it. I used to chase hail all across the country, but that kind of work pretty much wrecks your ability to be involved in anything else, so it just wasn't worth it to me. So now I do my best to survive while servicing body shops only in Montana. So it's feast or famine, as they say, and it has a lot of influence over how my scholarly-slash-reformer life goes. While I work, I listen extensively to podcasts and other educational productions, as well as to old episodes of The Prairie Home Companion. In 2002, Kay and I got married, having first met in 1998, and I'll have to tell you that whole story sometime. But when we met, we began an endless conversation about the important things in life. In 2002, we left the denomination after 17 or 18 years, and I wrote a book about why we left. The book was well-received by many who had been members, but it failed to develop any consensus as to how to proceed from there. Kay and I went home to study the Bible and have since not joined any other churches, though we continue to believe in God and to study deeply. Since 2002, I have engaged in what probably amounts to thousands of discussions online regarding religion at first, but then religion and politics starting in about 2007. And yes, I'm now somewhat embarrassed at those earlier conversations as I have learned and relearned lots since then. In 2003, James was born. Shortly thereafter, he joined in the conversation with Kay and me and has become a good man and a dear friend to us both. From 2003 and through the next decade or so, I tried several entrepreneurial projects, hoping to fund more important things, that is, reforms in religion and politics mostly. They all failed for lack of funding. I learned that having a great idea isn't worth nearly as much as I thought it was, unless you have the means to get it to market. By 2016, I was firmly decided that I would fare better to be an altruist than an entrepreneur. In 2008, I launched a project to get people more personally involved in politics. It failed, even among those friends who had assured me it was a great idea. In 2010, in 2010, we launched a project to help people understand the rule of law and to restore constitutional obedience to our American governments. While it did show that there were some newcomer candidates sincerely interested in reform, it also showed that the voters are prone to status quo bias and are generally disinterested in changing their routines. It failed. In 2011, I began blogging, but while some of my posts may have been widely read, they have inspired very little proactivity so far as anyone has shared with me. 
In 2012, I began work on an initiative to get Americans to read the U.S. Constitution. I could not get enough support to get the project launched. In 2012, I published a book for free in website format. It was entitled, Character Not Included, Identifying the Real Root of America's Political Decline, the Abandonment of High Ideals by the People. The book failed, presumably for lack of public interest in the topic. In 2012, and probably before, I began to study cognitive science, and particularly the psychology of rational thought, so as to better understand, if possible, why it is so difficult to get people to change their minds and habits about things like politics and religion. Between then and 2016, I read about 30 books on the subject and learned a lot, and also noticed that the Bible talks about a lot of the same thinking failures that cognitive science has been studying. In 2012, I discovered that I was a cognitive miser and that I had several bad cognitive habits, even though most would have told you that, quote, Jack is smart, end quote. I determined to learn to think better after reaching my big epiphany, which was, I am most likely wrong about many things. In 2012, I began to formally develop a philosophy based on honesty, rationality, and responsibility. I called it reality-based thinking. And its strategies are to be proactive in thinking, to learn the cognitive skills necessary to ascertain truth wherever possible, and to avoid cognitive biases. I began work on the as-yet-unfinished nonfiction book, Toward Reality-Based Thinking, How Everyone, Including You, Can Think Better. I had decided to try to approach the topic without bringing religion into it to see if it might be better received just on its own without all the entanglements of religious factional disagreements. By 2014 or so, I had figured out my self-correction ethic, which states, self-correction is the rightful duty of all humans. In 2016, I authored the novel, The Extraordinary Visit of Benjamin True, The State of the Union as No One Else Would Tell It. It tells the story of an angel who comes to interrupt the State of the Union address and to give what I believe to be a more heavenly perspective on how America is really doing. The book would introduce reality-based thinking, or RBT for short, in narrative form, and while it generally avoided addressing the church issues, it forthrightly addressed the quagmire of American politics. I self-published it in 2017, and it has been received well by a small audience, but I haven't had the money to promote it like a book needs. I hope to have it produced into a 10-episode Netflix series. In 2018, I launched the introduction to a new video podcast series called Reality-Based Thinking, Rethinking the World with Jack Pelham. I have not had the time to continue producing further episodes after the first three introductory episodes. Those three, however, are a very good primer for the basics of reality-based thinking. Like the novel, it has gone unpromoted. In the fall of 2018, I started a nonprofit and non-religious initiative that began with forming a local homeschool chorus, and that has since grown into me teaching six courses on Mondays. As of the beginning of this current school year, we had 80 enrolled. This has been an excellent experience, 
and I have very much enjoyed working with kids from six and up, including parents in beginning band and in the chorus. The initiative's tagline is Promoting Lifelong Learning and Engagement. This is by far the most successful thing I've done to date, yet it remains unclear how we will survive the COVID-19 shutdown and the associated economic collapse. In 2019, I pondered more and more at how few people had turned themselves in to learn more about reality-based thinking. Of course, they could learn it from the Bible or from cognitive science, both of which address some of the same skills and failures. So they don't have to come to me to learn it. But as far as I can tell, nobody is trying to put these mental habits together into one useful package, which has been my goal. And I've been particularly disappointed in the lack of interest from Christians, whom I would expect might get really excited about learning how to think like Jesus. I had initially hoped that people, especially Christians, would be interested in improving their thinking just for its own sake. But as it turns out, an exceedingly small percentage of people are apt to do that. At length, then, it seemed reasonable since I want to promote honesty, rationality, and responsibility, which concepts I learned from the Bible anyway, to point out to Christians that God and Jesus and the apostles and the prophets did indeed endorse honesty, rationality, and responsibility as a sustainable way of life. Approaching the topic through the Bible will definitely muddy the waters, though, as many will come into such a discussion, bringing certain religious misconceptions with them, and some of them wanting to battle over it. I don't believe that everyone would do that, mind you, but I know quite well from experience that many will do it. So I have decided to attenuate that possibility somewhat by deliberately targeting the early episodes of this podcast at those most fundamental of Christian teachings, the ones that it seems to me are not mastered by most believers before they move on to the more vivid and exciting and controversial topics. The series begins, therefore with a demonstration that God does want us to think and to think well. And from there, we'll look at how he wants us to think and in what ways he does not want us to think. And after having made a good study of that, it is my hope that the audience that remains will consist almost completely at that point of those who are more disposed to be responsive to God's wishes for human thinking as opposed to those who are not. And as a result, I think we will be able to fare better in discussing the more advanced and controversial Bible topics. So that's my quick timeline of activities, and that will give you at least a partial idea of where I'm coming from in all this. I'd really like you to learn more about the basics of reality-based thinking, but there's no need to take time here for all that, since I've already documented it on the video podcast at realitybasedthinking.com. There's a three-part introduction there that's roughly 90 minutes long altogether, and it gets a lot more specific about RBT than I want to get into here. So if you're interested in that, and it does make some very important points about the Bible that I want you to hear, please go over to realitybasedthinking.com and watch those three videos. They're in video format because it is very helpful to demonstrate some of those thinking concepts by way of graphics rather than just by audio. But after having consulted my Facebook friends, it seems that for a Bible discussion, an audio podcast will suffice. And that's really good news because it means I can produce more episodes in my limited available time than I could if I also had to do all the video work, which is very time-consuming. 
So I hope that a once a week episode schedule is doable in this current series, but we'll see. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll go to episode three right away. It's the discussion with Kay and James and me about episode one. You'll get to meet the team that keeps me going and who provides such a valuable sounding board for so many of the things I ponder and plan in this life. Thank you.